Hello, friends, and welcome to episode five of This Changes Everything. I'm Sarah Rice, and I'm here once again with my friend, Therapy Jeff. Hello, Therapy Jeff. Hi, Sarah Rice. It's so good to see you this morning. You too. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, It's been kind of a... I'm still sort of like going through the grief stuff, and I was telling you before we started recording that like it's the... It sort of like hits me at weird times, times that I don't really expect it to hit me. Um, I, me and Stacy did not spend any time together on like Sunday nights, but that's when I like feel the most. Um, why do you think that is? Is it kind of like a version of the Sunday scaries? Like you're just it's partly Sunday scaries, but because we didn't spend time with each other on Sundays, Stacy always missed me a lot. So we were sort of like missing each other on Sundays. And now it's sort of like, <gasps> I, I, we, there's, it's, we could at least be like, well, I'll see you on Monday or I'll see you on Tuesday. But now it's like, see you never. So it's just, there's no it's like, like. Your body's having all the same feelings, but not anyone to put it on. Yeah. Or like, kind of like a, knowing where to put those. Yeah, exactly. Aww. So that's the, so there's like the grief stuff. The, the, the stuff that I was feeling like right, like the first week. And I was listening to our like episode three, where I was just four days out of the grief earlier today. And I remember the physical feeling of heartache was very present in my body. That's no longer here. Like it's just like the sadness and the grief. And I'm not like physically uncomfortable all day long. Um, so there has been progress (laughs) and I'm able to sort of like forget about the grief sometimes and just do my thing. That heartache mm-hmm. really is a thing. Mm-hmm. A physical ache mm. of God. a heart. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it hurts. It is painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How's your week? Yeah, oh, good. You know, uh, I've got my mom staying with me. Mm. Hi, mom. So, uh, we like to call those opportunities to set and practice and reestablish boundaries. <laughs> Things such as that for myself. And, you know, it's like I live alone and Mm -hmm. and I get used to, you know, doing my thing and my routine and I have my way about things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, what are you doing putting the coffee pot there? That's (laughs) not where it goes. And and I do recognize that this is just me being controlling and, you know, trying to control my space. But, uh you know, it's not fair when the other person doesn't know the, right. like, she's not a mind reader. She doesn't know exactly, like, where I put everything and mm-hmm. which drawer everything goes in. But, and, and uh, you know, you really helped me because I thought about what uh, you had said. I believe it was in, like, our first episode we talked about intention mm-hmm. versus impact. Mm-hmm. And my mom was so kind as to rearrange some of the furniture in my house. And I thought about the intention. And I expressed gratitude and and appreciation instead of frustration. Did you tell her how it impacted you? I did say that, um, you know, I appreciate like you, like, like this looks nice, but the plants have to be where they are because of the sunlight. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, oh, right, right, right. I thought that may be a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it, because of how I delivered it, Mm -hmm. she did not feel as defensive or as hurt by me saying like, why the heck would you move everything? I have them where I want, you know, which is definitely what I would have done. 
maybe a few years ago. Totally. But without some of the practice. It's a good point. Just like recognizing the intention right before you give the feedback is usually the way to go. Uh, it's hard to do though, because you're feeling, we're all feeling really reactive, especially with our parents, because it can be like so loaded. There's like so much history there. So I get it. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That old going home and going right back to old patterns and habits. Oh God. Yeah. The regression yes. that happens, which sort of like yes. leads us into our topic for today. Um, yes. How to have a healing relationship. And this is maybe, this is something I talk about in therapy as a therapist all the time because my clients are coming in and they've had like a really maybe a difficult romantic relationship that they were in or they have like these unhealthy patterns that they keep on repeating Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to get into a new relationship and start that new relationship in a way that's like quote unquote a healing relationship or sometimes what we call like a corrective experience so that like maybe you'll be triggered maybe a lot of like old stuff will come up and you're going to project it onto your new person in order to like not do that or to be at least be like aware and conscious of when that's happening I came up with like 10 questions that you and I can go through. Um, But I don't know about you, Sarah. I think this might be like unique to maybe like you and me and and people like us. I love these questions at the beginning of a relationship. You know what I mean? Oh, I love them. Mm -hmm. I I mean, here's the thing. So many of the questions and the uh, videos that you make on TikTok, I mean, I used before we even started this podcast, as I mentioned, these, these questions, you know, in my own new relationship, Mm -hmm. they are the questions that, and doubts and worries and fears and things that float through our mind. Mm -hmm. And rather than letting those fears and worries and doubts, like grow legs and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and creating like our own explanation for things Mm -hmm. and our own, based on our ideas right. which are often almost always incorrect and not what the other person is thinking right. uh this allows you to kind of get those out in the open and have more congruent co- uh, communication and talk about the things that maybe we're already thinking and worrying about mm-hmm. just say it mm-hmm. so you know it's nice i i tell my clients you know if you need to use me as an excuse mm. you know my therapist says i have to add, do this then by all means do that so i say the same thing if you need to do with your partner well you know let's just talk about these questions that i heard on this podcast today let's just <laughs> exactly. do, blame us go ahead let, let us be like but let's let's do it because these are fun these are fun these are really fun okay so let's get into them um Again, this is in order to like have a good start and have a healing relationship. These are questions that you might want to ask. Probably, maybe not on the first date. Um, usually, like in the first like one, two, or three dates, you're just sort of like, "What is good the vibe? thing to mention?" <laughs> Could come off a little strong. Yeah, you might if, be coming uh, off a little in strong. date one. You pull out the old memo pad and like <laughs> lick the tip of the pen. And you're like, "Okay, exactly. question one." <laughs> yes, you know, uh, and even like as I was thinking about this topic mm-hmm. too, I wanted to. Uh, also say that a lot of us didn't get a model for Mm. what healthy relationships are Mm -hmm. so what we can recognize or what we're familiar with kind of as you were mentioning are these unhealthy relationships so not only can a relationship help heal you but it's also can be difficult to even identify what that is Mm -hmm. or recognize one of those if it's something that you didn't grow up seeing. Right. And so having these in the back of your mind kind of um, help 
steer the relationship towards a healthier one. Exactly. And identify things that were maybe unhealthy in the ones that you were in growing That's up. That's right. Sarah and I are going to be your healthy relationship role models. You're welcome. There you go. Yeah. Oh, side note. I, yeah. I was reading a review um, on our podcast and somebody just sort of like went off on how narcissistic I am. Oh, my God. I was like, is this my sister? Because this sounds like my sister. <laughs> my sister thinks I'm like the number one narcissist. That's a whole... We can talk about my sister in later episodes. I'm a episodes. narcissist magnet, so maybe that's true because like they flock to me. Could so be. I might be yeah. a narcissist. Um, but there, I just want to say I have this sort of like... I like to joke around and kind of like pretend that maybe I'm full of myself. I'm not really. I just want to put that out right. there. There's also another question that I get where it's just like, are you a self-aware narcissist? I'm not a self-aware narcissist narcissist. I'm an unaware narcissist if I am a narcissist, first of all. And I don't think I actually am. So um, yeah, I'm just joking good. around. I, okay, on the other hand, it. am a self-aware narcissist. <laughs> so okay. I'll take it. Okay, good. You know. Okay. But yeah, don't listen. Okay. And people have to also, like, something that's a, a gift that I get is the video of, and I get the privilege of seeing you and we get to like right. see each other face to face as we do this. So you can see a little more of the tone and the joke mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, like just keep that in mind, people, that yeah. you know, sometimes <laughs> things are funnier when we exactly. say them in extremes. Right, right, right. But, you know. Okay, okay. He's not a narcissist. <laughs> Be nice to my friend. Thank you, Sarah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, we're going to get to the questions now. First question to ask your new sweetie. What did you not hear enough in your last relationship that you want to hear more of in this relationship? And I want you to be really brave and honest because a lot of times the things that we don't hear enough, we just don't ask for. We feel like ashamed or embarrassed. And as someone who's like a pretend narcissist, one of the things that like I want to hear more of, but I feel really... I don't know, uh, embarrassed or something, or it's too vulnerable. It's like, I want to hear that my partner is really attracted to me. Like I, I, Mm. I joke about like, look how handsome I am. I'm the best looking therapist on TikTok, And, and it's funny to joke around about that. But I think that like, people are just like, Oh, he's already thinks he's like amazing looking. And I think it's sort of like a weird, I don't know, defense mechanism or something. I have like doubts of how I look. And so the person that I want to be with, I want them to be like, you are so sexy because of all these reasons. And if I don't get that, then I just start to think like, they're probably not attracted to me. You know what I mean? You need those words of affirmation Uh, and you need them to. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's important. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, as a female who has been in relationships with males, Mm -hmm. I have heard from the ones that I do kind of, I don't know, um, uh, uh, praise in that way or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I like give attention to like that like that that's not something that they often receive from women Mm -hmm. that you know there's this idea that like men or maybe there's this misconception or this idea that men don't need to hear that they are desirable and attractive and 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I just say, tell them. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's the things that, you know, and when, I can't speak for all women, but I know for myself, the things that I'm attracted to in my partner are often not the things that he thinks mm. uh, like that he's that society would say mm-hmm. I, like I love his hairy chest so much <laughs> oh my gosh I love a hairy chest mm-hmm. I love like the little sweep and like the curl of his hair yeah. so you know it's sometimes like just say those things that you think even if it's like he's got the cutest little earlobes you've ever seen who cares <laughs> it'll make him feel good and you just like you know, nice little reminder. For yes. sure. Okay, so you wanted to hear more that that you're attracted you to me. Are attracted? Yeah. To what you. do you want okay. to hear more of in a relationship? You know, I think it the ex- acceptance and and like loving me just how I am. Mm-hmm. It felt like from my ex that I would get attention or um like recognition or maybe love, whatever it was, when I almost made an effort to be different than what my natural was. Mm. Like he was not a big fan of my curly hair. And so when I would wear my hair straight Mm -hmm. and put on makeup, he would be like, oh, that there's my wife. Mm. And that was like, I just want somebody to be like, no, I like you just the way you, I want you to have your crazy hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want you to, don't, don't be... You're good just like that. Yeah. We're both kind of like who you are is lovely. And I'm going to remind you of that, you know, who you really are, your authentic self, how you look just naturally. So this is is probably just like a very human. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and like, I think those are the things that when we, because you know what, now that I think about that, that's connected to a lot because mm. if we get the, if we have the feeling that we are attractive that our partners believe that we're attractive or are attracted to us mm-hmm. then we will probably reach for them or maybe make those those efforts to reach out and you know kind of bids for attention with the partner and in a different way because we're going into that with more confidence mm-hmm. and then our partner can respond to that like oh look at that you know, they're they're reaching out to me and it creates like a good back and forth but if you don't have that that gets in those cycles that we talked about mm-hmm. I think it was last week or the week before mm-hmm. where like nobody reaches out yeah and, and you, you need to start this very early on in relationships like in the early days so that you can create a good relationship uh communication pattern and establish sort of like how often you're going to check in and reassure each other and let them know what you need. You know, yeah. um, the longer you wait to have these big conversations or have, or ask these questions, the harder or more awkward it is. Yeah, and maybe some more of the resentments and things like that mm-hmm. get built up as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So second question is what's your biggest relationship fear and how do you think we should address it? <laughs> These are heavy. The follow-up to that is like the gulp. Like that is <laughs> yeah. a hard... That may take time to even To like identify? Answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's it's falling into a place where 
I stop asking for my needs to be met and I start playing like therapist slash savior in the relationship Mm -hmm. because like I am so emotionally savvy or intelligent or knowledgeable. And so I can kind of like default into this, like I'm just going to be the helper. And then the relationship Uh gets all funky because I'm not really talking about my stuff and I'm hyper-focusing on your stuff. So like my fear is, and this kind of like is going to be an answer for another question in the future, but my fear is that like I'm going to abandon myself for Mm. you. And that it's going to be, like, the same fucking relationship over and over again where eventually now I'm resenting you because I'm not feeling supported and I was the one that went ahead and, like, kind of created that. You know what I mean? And it was your choice. Which then we get those meta feelings where it's like, oh, gosh, now I'm, I can't, I can't believe I did it again. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. You know, it's interesting that yours is about, um, like, losing yourself or, like, mm-hmm in that because mine is too in a way like yeah i my biggest fear is getting swallowed up by their Mm. personality their like i lose who i am and my identity and Mm -hmm. as i tend to be too accommodating Mm -hmm. and will just yeah sure like sure you know i can be very flexible and very easygoing Mm -hmm. but in that I have to recognize when I am abandoning my needs Mm -hmm. in order to, uh, you know, not Mm -hmm. cause any sort of like, like in my own mind, uh, conflict or whatever that could be me like forgetting about my own needs. And it's interesting. I think for both of us, it's like our biggest skill is also our biggest weakness. Of like, you and I can be so incredibly accommodating and there for people and meet all their needs. And our biggest weakness is like put, abandoning ourselves and yep. not speaking up when we need to. So we need a. Re- there is yeah. always that flip side, that shadow mm-hmm. side to these things. Where and we, you know, it, the same can be said about the things that are our greatest weaknesses. If we can identify how to use those as like superpowers, how to find the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. What are the things that are good? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you can like channel like, channel that energy into something positive. Yeah, exactly. Recognize when it's not. Yeah. Yep. Next question: yeah. What mistakes do you typically make in relationships that you want to avoid? In this one, so it's really good to kind of like you know, if you have a therapist, that's fantastic because you're probably already like talking about the mistakes that you've made in past relationships yes. that you want to be like super conscious of aware and aware of in this relationship. Um, and understanding that like the mistakes that you make a lot of times they don't show up until you're like past the honeymoon stage Yes, where it's just sort of like you're, you're bonded. You've had the mutual positive projection phase. You're feeling really good. And now you're starting to like really kind of like get into your default mode of what it is to be in a relationship and all of your like old relationship, maybe unhealthy patterns start to come up and you start to like make Mm -hmm. certain mistakes. I know that for me, um, I, I can start to kind of like, uh, this is connected to everything we're saying, I guess. Maybe it's the same answer every single fucking time, <laughs> <laughs> but the mistakes that I make is that like, I'm just, I leave things out and I'm not going to be completely honest because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. And so then I'm sort of like, not really in my integrity, even though, and I'm like, kind of like making this excuse. Well, I'm just being here for you. 
but I'm not being 100% honest and I'm like justifying it by being like, well, like it's lying just lying by omission. Exactly. Kind of That's what I was going to yeah. say. I'm going to like lie by omission, which is sometimes the kind thing to do. But if you do it a thousand times, you're being deceitful. Like, and it's just like yeah. these, like, so yeah. these, you know, little tiny cuts will eventually turn into like a really big wound. Um, so I, I need to make sure that I stay in my integrity, that I keep on being honest, that I bring up hard conversations, even if that means my partner is going to have hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I, I noticed when I think about mistakes that I typically make, I notice there was a shift Hmm. in my current relationship Mm -hmm. where you know, I, I, as we talked about before, I went into this one very different, mm-hmm. like, you know, with this attitude of, of, you know, you need to kind of prove it to me first and this is what I need. And, um, also understanding and very confident that if you aren't the one to provide these things, mm-hmm. or if I'm not the one who's for you, that's okay. There's somebody else out there. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. And I, when I had a difficult conversation with my partner about my needs, I kind of said to him, like, jokingly, but not jokingly, you know, you haven't won this yet. Like, this is not, you, like, you, did, you didn't win this yet. Like, you still got to work. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, just recently he was joking around because we had such a wonderful weekend last weekend. And, uh, and he was like, you know, just out of curiosity, like, have I won yet? Like, did I win this yet? And I was like, God damn it. Yes. And I hate it. And so what has now happened is there is a shift where Mm. I have this fear Mm -hmm. of losing him Mm -hmm. uh, that was not there before. That was, I had this, like, I don't care. I I mean, I care about him, but I was like, I'll be fine without you. Now I'm like, don't do anything scary. He's like mountain bikes and does all these crazy like, and I'm like, don't because like if you die i'm just gonna be one of those women who like dresses in all black and just mourns for the rest of her life and like whales or something like wailing woman or like like in italy that just like throw themselves on the caskets <laughs> if you don't know what that is look it up it's like a real thing it's dramatic and uh yeah it's so dramatic <laughs> uh, if you haven't noticed it i tend to flare on the side of, exactly. uh, yeah, dr- of the drama dramatic uh-huh. uh so yeah like i'm like now i have this new fear that so i don't no, it. I'm not quite sure. I've been thinking about this a lot because it's maybe a mistake is like too harsh of a word, but it feels like a survival, like mm-hmm. I don't know, some like coping strategy or something in there. It feels like leftover from like a trauma response. Like I like, so to me, it's like wow that that shifted. Now I have this panicky like oh gosh don't leave, mm-hmm. which then makes me more worried, more right. suspicious, more like things that I know I'm not. You know, you're not, but like, kinda... yeah, it feels like there's more on the line because the attachment is even more powerful yes. right now. Yes. And this is the thing that like, you need to really continue being aware of. Cause this is the thing that can make you shift into like abandoning yourself or just yes. being there for him, yes. protecting the relationship. Cause I'm too scared to lose him. So exactly. I'll, yes. Oh, yes. you're such a good therapist. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So 
I feel like this is like this is a really common experience for a lot of people, and sometimes we don't realize when it happens. But Sarah is doing a really good job at like being very thoughtful and mindful about it, and so she's going to be like super conscious of what's going on and where your like behavior is coming from. Why you're saying the certain things that you're saying? Are you saying it because you're just like, oh, I need to keep this relationship, or are you saying it because like, this is who I authentically am? And even if the relationship ended now, you would be more heartbroken than if it happened three months ago. But you'll still recover. It's going to be okay. Um, However, there's just more on the line right now. So I get what you're talking about. It was a very no, and I was like, oh, don't fall into old patterns Mm -hmm. of like, you're right. It's that I have to be aware and not Mm self-abandon and still stay true to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay. All right. Next question. Number four, what makes it hard for you to be your authentic self in relationship and how can I make it easier for you? So the one that the part of the question that I want you to focus on here is telling your partner how they can make it easier for you in order to be your authentic self and then also vice versa. But in order to be your authentic self, you need to feel completely 100% safe in the relationship. If you feel safe, then you can just be your normal, wacky, weird fucking self that makes good jokes and bad jokes and is cries and laughs. You know what I mean? So if you feel like you can't be your authentic self, it might be because you don't feel totally safe. That might be because of your partner. They're doing something weird that doesn't make you feel emotionally safe. Or it might be because you're like projecting some bullshit from past relationships and you just need more reassurance from your partner. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, one of the things that um, my own partner pointed out as he was listening to this, he's like, I love you guys and everything you're talking about, but you guys are both therapists. So you like know the definition to words and like know what that means. (laughs) And like when you're like narcissist, you like just know what that is. Uh And like it, I would love if you like kind of told us a little bit about what those traits are and things like that. So. You know, one of the words that I want to kind of like define like therapeutically is what does safe mean? Oh, yeah. Really good question. Because it's, it's such a it's a therapy jargon buzzword that, yeah, I, that we think of it physically safe. Yeah. But like is my body. But that's not kind of what we're talking about. Right. Right. And, I, you know, we all kind of know what physically safe is because like I'm not going to be physically harmed by you. So I feel comfortable. You're not going to hurt me. But emotionally safe is that you feel free and liberated enough to talk about all and any of your emotions so that you don't feel judged. You don't feel condescended. You don't feel looked down on. You feel like um, people will just be like open and compassionate to what you're saying. Even if they don't agree with your emotional experience or what you're they can be like, Oh, tell me more. Like they sort of like hold this quote unquote emotional space for you to just like be your like authentic emotional self. So if you feel emotionally safe, you feel like you can express yourself emotionally in all the ways you need to without like, without Without abandoning yourself or without like making it so that you're not saying certain things that you feel fear that like the person might not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For example, Mm -hmm. you could have a boyfriend who, uh, 
you know, um, let's see. He says, oh, what's your favorite movie? And you say, uh, Princess Diaries. <laughs> and he, like, laughs and makes fun, mm-hmm. like, teases you. What kind of stupid movie is that? Oh, you, of course you'd like some movie like that. He's, like, insulting something that you... First of all, right. that's not my favorite movie. I just pulled this out of... My favorite hey. movie is Toy Story. And don't you that dare insult mine too. that. No! Yeah. Get out of town! Really? Yeah. Actually, Toy Story 1 is my favorite my, movie. Me too! Oh, like, I know every word by heart. I even have the toys sitting right next to me, what like, from the, the original one. This is crazy. Get out of town. I, before I was going to be a therapist, I was going to be a 3D animator and work for Pixar because of that fucking movie. And I'm like, I'm a pretty oh. decent 3D animator because of that fucking movie. Like, that's how important Therapy it chat. was. Yeah. I did not think that I could love you anymore. <laughs> uh, my first boyfriend that I was dating when I was on The Real World lived in san francisco and he stole a rock from the pixar studios <laughs> and brought it to me and i still have it because i love pixar so much wow oh my god wow wow okay this is major and we need to maybe like, afterwards talk about this. i'll yeah. give you a show and tell okay. of my original toy story dolls okay, good. <laughs> ah, this is so fun okay right we're doing a podcast yeah yeah um, but it, we're, even if we're princess, talking diaries about, oh, yeah, princess diaries was your favorite and he movie. insults him and blah 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 mm-hmm. but he doesn't you know, beat you up. And if if there right. wasn't an awareness of what being emotionally safe was, and I said, "Do you feel safe with your boyfriend?" Mm-hmm. She'd be like, "Yeah, he doesn't hit me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. I drive in the car with him, and he doesn't. I don't feel like he's dangerous. But if he in, puts you down, insults you, and and uh, teases something that you is special and important to you, mm-hmm. that's not being emotional. That that's not emotional safety. It's not. And then actually, so this goes into the fifth question, which is what do I need to specifically do to make you feel emotionally safe and secure? So you can ask for all your needs to be met. So this is like, you need to just be like really upfront in order to like, let the person know like what they can do in order to feel so that you can feel emotionally safe. So you can ask for yeah. all of your needs to be met. That doesn't mean all your needs will be met. Right. There's a difference there. Um, but it's, it's important that you express what your needs are so that you can give them the chance to meet them or not meet them and create that emotional safety. Now I feel incredibly safe talking to Sarah about my love for Pixar and yes! all the fantastic movies they you should. And so we're going to do a, a spin-off uh, podcast called Pixar Podcast and yeah. you all need to like look out for it. But um <laughs> this is it's really it's if you don't have this in a relationship then it's it's sort of not a real relationship. Like it is a real relationship but it's not as intimate as it possibly could be. Right? Uh uh what did I call them? I oh because I, I referred to my own marriage as this. I called it a performative marriage mm. where mm-hmm. you're kind of like performing in the way that you mm-hmm. think your partner wants you to be or how you think. And it could be whatever, whether it's like what society or how you grew up or your family or your uh, religion or mm-hmm. what beliefs, whatever says you should be that is maybe not authentic to how you really are right that just god leads to feeling trapped and feeling have you did you unhappy are you watching that show on apple 
on Apple Plus called Bad Sisters. Have you heard of that? No, but what is it? So I'm not. This, this isn't. A, this isn't a spoiler because this is all in the first episode. But yeah. it's these four sisters that are best buds, and one of their sisters is in a relationship with a guy that's just a fucking worst. Like he's just a horrible, horrible person. But that sister, like, knows. She kind of knows in the back of her mind or in her heart that this isn't a good relationship. But she feels so weak that she can't get out of it, and that there's just like nothing she can do. So the other other three sisters are like, cool, we're going to fucking murder your husband. Like, legit. Uh-huh. We're going to kill Because that's the only way you can get out of... And that's the same feeling. I've never yeah. done any murders. Like, I'll just let yeah. you know. <laughs> just, you know, murders, zero. Zero so murders. Yes. And if zero I did murders. do a murder, I definitely would not admit it on this podcast. Definitely, definitely not. But I promise you I have not done a murder. But it's the same... I have that feeling, that murder feeling with my clients sometimes, where they feel so stuck. I don't want to murder the client, but I want to murder their partner. just to kind of like get them out of that relationship. And sometimes it's that weird performative relationship where they feel like they have to be in it because they're supposed to, you know what I mean? Oh, so lose you feel trapped yourself. Yeah. And I, I know for me, I started to have dreams Mm. that it all, I would wake up and I felt trapped and I would just wake up crying and wake up, you know, Mm -hmm. in, it would all come out. And so whenever I have similar dreams that, you know, about whatever the subject matter is, mm-hmm. but it's like I wake up with that similar feeling, I usually yeah. will do a little uh, uh, reflecting, like, what, where do I feel like I'm mm-hmm. not able to be my authentic self or be able to speak my truth or able to? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what am I not? Yeah, that's a really good exercise to do for sure. <sighs> yes. Oh, God, it's hard. The, okay, so reviewing these first five questions, it's to me, yeah. it kind of feels like they're all the same question. <laughs> I'm just noticing that now. How do you feel emotionally safe? But the next five questions yeah. are different ones. So let's get into number six. Number six is, yes. how can I help you feel your most confident in the bedroom? You like that Love answer. this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love this question. I think this gets so many things out in the open. Mm. Uh, I think this can be very reassuring for, well, both the male and female partner that, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's being as critical or judgmental of your body as you think they are. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. Uh how can I help you feel most confident in the bedroom? I am the most, I think it's, Oh, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh You know what? My partner and I did is we took quizzes. There were some quizzes. There's like a BDSM quiz. Like what's your kink type Uh quiz. We took that, Mm -hmm. which then helped us talk about a bunch of different things about, um, uh, roles. It helped us discuss, uh, um, uh, Consent mm-hmm. in a very uh, like direct way, and the importance of it. And I was able to gauge like how he feels about the importance of consent, mm-hmm. and you know, being able to talk about you know how to have a, have a healthy relationship. So it, I feel the most confident in the bedroom when there is an open dialogue mm-hmm. about um, our sexuality. When like mm-hmm. se- like sex and and intimacy is something that's discussed before mm-hmm. and i think it's kind of sexy oh, like it's a it can oh such oh a God. turn on yeah. no you'd never think like oh here take this quiz and let's <laughs> review our results and like that's gonna turn us on oh yes yeah 
so fun. It's a turn on. Good times. It promotes healthy sexual communication. I don't know why we're not all doing it. Yeah, I it's love it. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. For me, um, especially when I first start hooking up with somebody, um, I can I can feel confident in the bedroom a little, like, after we do, like, after we do sex maybe five or ten times. But okay. before that, I'm going to feel nervous and anxious. And one of the things that I need to know from my very new partners is that if, like, if shit isn't operating the way we want it to operate, if I have performance right. anxiety and I can't get yes. it up, then we need to be fucking cool, right? Like, yes. it's fine. This is part of the conversation. It's understand- and I wish that, like... For all the people out there that have a penis, mm-hmm. it is hard to have a penis. Some, like it's because it, you have to be in the right mood, you have to be turned yeah. on, and it has to perform and be like the way that you want it to be. And if it's not, then you feel really self conscious, you feel really ashamed, you feel really embarrassed, you feel like you're losing your manhood, you feel like you're offending the person that you're hooking up with. There's so much that's riding on like. None of which helps the situation no. thinking of it. No, yeah. no, none of it right. helps. But if I yeah. know that I'm with somebody who's just like, I don't care whether it's yeah. up or down, we're going to have a really fucking great time, you know? Yes. And it's like, oh, okay, then I can relax into it. And I typically won't have performance anxiety if I know that yes. you, you know what I mean? One of my favorite questions to ask a partner mm-hmm. is when do you know sex is over? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's a really good question. Any guy wants to get real quick when I've oh really mm. is that when it's over? Mm-hmm. Then it 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 redefines what I think. You know, we think of, oftentimes we can think of sex as like you know one act and one mm-hmm. like the final moment and like an orgasm like check the box okay yep did it mm-hmm. but that's like saying the the only fun part of a roller coaster is the drop right like. It's, it's fun standing in line for a roller coaster. Totally. It's fun, like, planning the trip to the theme park, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, it, it, being able to kind of enjoy this and take, I think, when you take out the expectation mm-hmm. of an orgasm as the, like, uh, defining factor of sex or, like, like that you need an orgasm in order for mm-hmm. this to be good sex mm-hmm. or even sex, period, mm-hmm. like... When we let go of that mm-hmm. belief, false belief, then it takes away a lot of the pressures of performing and of like making sure that you achieve that, you know, and just like guys out there <laughs> listening and women who are in relationships, women don't do this. They, they're smart. <laughs> don't ask her mm. if she came. Mm-hmm. Just stop doing that. <laughs> stop. You will know. She will probably tell you. And if you have to ask, yeah, yeah, that not, not a great look, not a good sign. It's interesting how, like when you, when you stop focusing on orgasms, sex gets better, which it like way, way better. Yeah. Like you're like, here's your assignment. Go have sex, but no orgasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guarantee so you're going to have some of the hottest, best sex you ever oh had. My God. Just, you're going to be like, I can't help it. I tried to do a Saracen <laughs> and I couldn't do it. That's always, it's so funny when I'm like talking to couples and they're having like sex, sex problems or issues. And I'm like, okay, go home, touch each other, do these things. No orgasms. Don't have a fucking orgasm. You better not. Right. And they come back better and they're not. like, oh, we couldn't not. I'm like, you too. It's so horrible. I can't believe <laughs> oh, it. Like, oh. You're in big trouble, yeah. mister. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. 
Well, maybe we'll make some more episodes about sex. But moving on to the seventh question, do you feel like this is going too slow, too fast, or at the right pace for you? Because a lot of times we don't, first of all, like we don't check in with ourselves sometimes at the beginning of a relationship. And we don't express if it's going too fast or slow at the, or at the right pace. So this is just a good little check-in of what do you want? How often are we seeing each other? Do you like it? Do you feel like you're too disconnected to me? Does it feel like this is going way too fast and you, or you're in over your head? Does it mean that you're going to pull back? Like, this is just a really good, like, what's up kind of question. You know, this is great because I think a lot of, a lot of people have felt that maybe change in their partner where maybe Hmm. you can notice a difference where, you know, I, this, I have had this told to me because I do not communicate these things. Mm -hmm. And if I just sense that it's going too fast, I will Mm -hmm. withdraw. I'll kind of pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I won't be as open or, you know, they notice I change. Mm -hmm. And so they'll say, like, oh, you know, I know what, what's going on. I noticed you were different or right. it'll get to the point where then I, I have to communicate, uh, you know, what's on my mind mm-hmm. because now they're acting different cause I'm acting different. It's mm-hmm. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I would have really benefited from some of those phrases, yeah. some like to just have in my back pocket. I think my partner would too, to just say like, Mm-hmm. You know, I notice a change. Do you feel like this is going too slow or too fast or the right pace? Yeah, because you're kind of you're pulling this. back a little bit because you're like, oh, it feels like we're going fast, and I care about this relationship, so I'm going to kind of like go a little slower. But then they're receiving that as you're not as interested, and Correct. it becomes a whole thing. So having this sort of check in super important. Yes. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, next question, number eight. How will I know if you get triggered, and what's the best way for me to respond in a caring way? (laughs) So good. Such a good question. What happens to you when you get triggered and overwhelmed and hijacked? Um... I begin to get controlling mm. of things that I did are ridiculous mm-hmm. that I get nitpicky about. It's like, I'm frustrated about something else that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And in a way that I don't know, maybe they triggered something in mm-hmm. me or, and I will passive aggressively yeah. kind of like, take it out on sure. them with like trying to like point out things that maybe they're doing wrong mm, or mm-hmm. be super critical. Yeah. What do you need when you get triggered like that? How should somebody respond to you if that's what's going on? Ooh, man. Like, do you need space? Do you need closeness? You know, I need a, uh, 
Okay, the, w- I had a situation, and it, oh gosh, I'm telling you, this guy I'm dating, he, do- I'm just like, who taught you this? This is so good. That's the right thing for me. He gets a bunch of gold stars. Like he's gonna fuck up sometime. I'm sure. Yeah, eventually. I know. Eventually, we all do. As am I. Yeah. But until then, he's doing pretty darn good. So we were off roading, and I, when I get hungry and. Uh, I get, and that can, I can tell that controlling me comes out. I start to get extra anxious mm-hmm. and very much like, you're driving too fast. You're driving like, like I was starting to get scared. And there was a really narrow part, and I got really scared. And he made some sort of joke, like I asked him to go slower or something, and he made some sort of joke or laughed about it in a way. And he noticed that it hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I'm really, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, mm-hmm. to, to like, I didn't mean to, like, go fast or didn't mean to scare you or something like that. And I told him, and then I kind of dropped it, but in my mind, I didn't drop it. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, I also wasn't communicating what I was actually mad at. Mm. I was not mad at the going fast and the, the, you know, really. Mm -hmm. What I was extra hurt by was the laughing, Mm. was that he had been dismissive or... um, like invalidated my fears and in that moment, which hurt way more. Right. So later he said, he was like, you know, I am, I'm really, I am really sorry that I did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I could tell that that hurt your feelings. And because he came back around a little bit later in a time where we had cooled off Mm -hmm. and I I had cooled off, he had, all this was happening inside my own head. Uh, uh, and I was able to kind of like reflect and, and think a little bit more. I was able to tell him, you know, it. thank you for saying that again, because it wasn't, uh, honestly, it wasn't, you know, how you were driving as much as it was the la- like when you laughed at me that really hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And he was so apologetic and he was like, you are so right. Like that wasn't the, I understand how, you know, that, but he, he came back mm-hmm. and apologized again to just like reiterate or like like mm-hmm. confirm to me make sure with me that I knew that he was sorry and that was something I have not I have not even been with partners who apologized let wow. alone came yeah. back for the second time to check in and make sure I was still feeling okay so that to me is what I would really need like mm-hmm. uh, I don't did I even answer the freaking question right yeah. I don't know yes like that <laughs> oh yeah if I were triggered how can they respond in yes. a caring way like to come back around mm. and to to check in with me again because there'll probably be more like I'll say yeah I'm fine but I'm really not mm-hmm. like I'll be like it's good but mm-hmm. He's good at seeing the shark swimming, and, like in my head, and he's like, I, "You're in a dark place. Let's talk about where you are right now." Yeah. And it's Ugh, nice. I love so him for that's you. What I need. Yeah. Isn't he great? He's great. Oh, I know. See, I just need to find a nice Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question: uh, Do you have any boundaries and limitations about anything that I should know about at the very start? Because um, a lot of us have have sort of boundaries that we don't want somebody to cross. Maybe eventually you can like cross more boundaries into my personal life or professional life or whatever it is. I know that like, um, 
sometimes like uh, I can just like you, Sarah, be like pretty open and honest and self-disclosy about my relationships on mm-hmm. air, on podcasts mm-hmm. or yeah. in TikTok or something like that. And the next person that I'm dating, uh-huh. they need to let me know how comfortable they are with me talking about them on the air. And is that something that you talk about with your boyfriend of like how comfortable he feels with you disclosing certain parts of the relationship? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, and in the past people have not liked it, Mm. but I found myself one who's been also on reality television. Mm. So (laughs) he's uh, fine with that Mm -hmm. and he's okay with like having things out there, but we talked about that and we, I think that is something that, you know, is a place we are able to kind of connect and understand each other because we, even though I share so much, a lot of, it's funny because people who really know me will say that I'm such a private person and I like keep to myself and like I share everything on here, but I am such like a, a hermit, like homebody, like isolated, like I never talk to anybody. I have such a small circle and yeah, so I, I kind hmm. of keep a lot of things private, which I think helps. Yeah. And so you still have like very like special yeah. things that only But you... I don't think this is for everybody. And I don't right. think a lot of people can handle even like me saying, Oh, I love my boyfriend's hairy chest. Like right. if my like I can definitely see the wrong being like, Why on earth are you talking about yeah. like mm-hmm. you know, oh he's so open though. <laughs> he would be like, Yeah, talk about that test BDSM test we took. <laughs> it was awesome. You know. We're so open in that side. So kind that's of the thing, thing is but. that like it's important to know what your person's boundaries are so you can respect them or so you can be like, Oh, this is way too limiting and I can't be myself yeah. because of it and I wanna talk to therapy Jeff on the podcast about like your sexy hairy <laughs> chest and I don't want to have to yeah. like you know uh, censor myself with certain things not. right right yeah so what are your what are your big do you have like boundaries that something that pops out to you um I'm uh, tell me if you think this counts as a boundary um yeah, yeah. I uh, I have like a very uh, I, have some, I have some like fractured relationships within my family. Mm-hmm. And when I first start to get to know you, I need you to like take my side with everything. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and if you start to like, uh, and, and if you, cause I like feel like I need you to like understand what my experience is. You like, mm-hmm. I feel like you need to like really empathize with me. And if you start to be like, well, let's see what your sister, or what your mom, like, let's like understand what they're thinking first. Like we can't get there until I feel like you really get me. So I sort of have these, I don't know, mental or emotional boundaries around like, First, you need to like really see me and understand me. Then we, then you can start challenging me, and I want you to be able yes. to challenge me so that I can look at things with different perspectives. But I really have to be seen. And the problem, the one of the reasons, is because like I, I never felt really seen in my family. So this is just like this is the most important thing in the world, and I maybe kind of go overboard with it at the start, but I promise you, like eventually, I'll get to a place where I can like hear all the perspectives. So I sort of like, I don't know if that counts as a boundary or a limitation, maybe just yeah. like a need of, yeah. of what I'm expecting and what I'm wanting when you first, yeah. I also have some boundaries around, like, I don't want you to get in the way of my close mm-hmm. friendships. 
Like okay. my close friendships are incredibly. Is it like a demand for a, a, attention or like an? A, a, mm-hmm. No, I don't want you to hang out. Yeah, with them. it's I exactly want that. Hang. It's like I want you to be spending a lot more time with me very early on. And it's like no, we can spend time all together, yeah. but I'm not going to abandon my friendships, who are now my like surrogate family, my chosen family. Yes. You know what I mean? So this that's a is so important. Mm-hmm. I am hearing this that. I am the opposite. I'm like, oh, you want to good? Go hang out with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like when I didn't push back when my boyfriend was like, hey, um, is it okay if like I go like dirt bike ride, like or like mountain bike riding with the guys like mm-hmm. before? And like, why are you talking to me like you're asking me like, right? Yeah, go do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care at all. And great, I could do my crossword puzzle, which I've been dying to do. <laughs> You've been like making me hike every freaking morning, so. Yeah, do that. And if somebody doesn't, you know, I want to remind you of the study that we talked about way, I don't know, in like our first one, first episode mm-hmm. or so about what people find most attractive when they're in long, healthy relationships. Like, what is it that I'm most attracted to my partner about? It's when they're doing their own thing. Yeah, when they're when in their When they're element. like in their element mm-hmm. and when they are enjoying themselves and having fun and, and being the, the best version of them. Let them if it, do the things that they need to do to support that. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't include you, it does, in a way, it's helping the relationship. Oh, my like God, yeah. For you. Exactly, yeah. It's, yeah. It serves the like, relationship. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Go, mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. go, please. Yes. 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 I agree. Yeah. Last question, Sarah. Number 10. Yes. What are you looking forward to most with me and how can we make sure it happens? So there's... What a great secret way to say, do you want to get married and have kids with me? <laughs> but like not say it like a crazy person. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yes, that is... <laughs> You can't do it that way. I was thinking more of like what sort of like, I guess yeah, this makes sense. What sort of like relationship dreams and fantasies yeah. do you have? Like what are the, do you want to go on vacation? Do you want to do all the hikes? Do you want to stay in luxury oh, hotels? Yes. Do you want to um, go traveling? Do you want to just like go to shows together? And didn't like, what is it that's like the most exciting about the relationship and spending time with me that you want to do? How can we make this happen? What a good question. You know, I dated a guy that was much younger than me. Um, I now lovingly refer to him as my COVID boyfriend because he was the guy I dated during COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, he was much younger than me, and he loved going to music festivals. Mm-hmm. I do not. Yeah. Ugh. I am like, ugh, there's so many sweaty people. Oh, so ever, and, and I'm like not a fun person to do drugs with oh. because I am like too aware, oh. and I like want to like come up and like check people's pulse. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that person doesn't look like that. And, and then I want to make sure everybody's having a good time yeah. and like aren't going to crazy places in their mind. So it's not fun. No. I'm not fun to go to these Mm-mm. things with. So I can't relax. I do not know how to be cool or like just hang out. Mm-hmm. No. So when he was like, showing me all these photos of him at like Coachella and all these things. There was an, a little mm-hmm. internal part of me that panicked. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh my God. And you know, it was fun to go to like one concert with him. Uh, there was a big part of me that was relieved when COVID happened and I did not have to go to any. So I was like, Oh God, we just get to stay inside. Thank God. I did not want to go to Coachella. I did not want to, which is like, 
I don't know. Maybe some people would think it's crazy, but no, that ain't for me. That's a real. That's a real vibe. You know, you got It's a real. Vibe. You really got to be into it. You can't just sort of like half-ass go to a music festival. I mean, you yeah. can, but you'll probably be pretty miserable. You know what I mean? So if I were to ask him, like, oh, what are you most looking forward to with me? And he's like, oh my god, I can't wait to like take you to like the festivals this mm-hmm. summer and do da da. Good to know. I'm out. Yeah. Good to know. But if he said, I can't wait to go camping with you and go on some hikes and sleep in the woods, <laughs> I'm in. So we, we hope that you can, that you've written down all these questions and that you can ask all these questions early ish on in the relationship. Preferably in the early days, maybe before you define the relationship or become exclusive. Again, it doesn't have to be on the first or second or third date unless you're dating me or Sarah. Definitely on the first, <laughs> right. second or third date. And so that you can like ask these questions, get the answers, and be like, oh, this changes everything. Right? Like, yes. now I feel like I'm setting myself up for a really healthy relationship. I love it. Great. Well, I love this list, and we will see you guys next time mm-hmm. on our next episode of This Changes Everything. All right. Bye.